Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 75. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently available for streaming on the internet. I forget. I think that's too many words, but it's something like that. So you don't have to. <laughs> oh, sorry. You keep throwing me off. I'm throwing myself off, as me too. you can't tell. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about the 2018 Shudder exclusive horror film Revenge. Revenge. I think it is Revenge. Because it's in French, yeah. This is a French film uh, written and directed by Coralie Fargy. Um, a woman! A woman, for a dollar. Name a woman. Name a woman. Uh, it's her first film, though we watched a short film by her as well. Was that before or after? It was before. Cool. I don't know why I'm bringing this up now. It's not relevant. It's, it's good, though. I liked it. It's like a Black Mirror episode. It is exactly like a Black Mirror episode. This movie, not like a Black Mirror episode. No. It is a... We should say this up front so that any listeners who don't want to carry on have the option of bowing out. Yeah. It is a rape and revenge film. Yep. One of those. A, cl- a, a, a tenant of the horror uh, genre. genre. An important... An important Subgenre. Subgenre in terms of the horror discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be talking about that. So, yeah. So, if you, fair warning if you don't want to listen to us talk about that, you know, maybe not the episode for you. But this film was uh, given a limited release in the United States by Neon, Woo, who Neon. just won a Best Picture <laughs> for the film Parasite. Yeah. And also have a movie out called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. They do. Though I don't know. If by the time this comes out, that'll be true. If that was, if it'll still be in theaters, it probably will be. Yeah, we'll see. We should actually talk. We haven't we haven't been behind the mic since Parasite One Buzz Picture. Does it go in the um, horror horror Oscars? Because it's not really a horror it's film, but it's not not. not. It's, but but it is. It's not not. But it also is not. Is Rebecca a horror film? Um, Hitchcock, nineteen forty. Oh yes. Yes, but I will. Say, I say that more after the fact to claim Hitchcock. Yeah. Because people who are in the group of people that you and I have oft uh, screamed about fought. fought on the internet, including my mother. Um, you fight your mom on the internet? No, I fight her in person and on the phone about. Um, oh, horror isn't good, but they like love Hitchcock, and I'm like, well, too bad because he's ours. But I don't know that I would like really actually classify it as. Rebecca in As particular horror. is not No, a lot psycho. of a lot of other yeah, Psycho and um probably even the birds and Vertigo and Rear Window for sure. Parasite, I would say, has horror elements. I bring it up as a comparison because it's more it's closer to Parasite is closer to Rebecca than it is to Silence of the Lambs. I was gonna say Silence of the Lambs, I don't wanna call Parasite a horror film because it does less credit two hor- legitimate horror films that have one best picture and I don't want to be like oh anything with a vague thriller-esque feel yeah. is a horror movie because we did have a horror movie legitimately win best picture it's called Silence of the Lambs and that is true victory yeah. right there Yeah. whereas Parasite is, plays into a lot of different categories I think I agree very happy about that win oh god I'm so happy the greatest night of my life, even though I immediately fell <laughs> sick with a hundred and four degree fever seconds after Bong. You did. You made it. You made it right through the ceremony and then collapsed. I was. It was done. It was like Bong fever hit me so hard. Bong and fever I almost died. Anyway, congratulations to Neon on and this Bong. movie, which is a pretty good movie. Yeah. Revenge. I mean. Oh, revenge. I liked this. I liked it a lot. 
I kind of knew I was going to immediately. And it sort of like... What what telegraphed, like, what made you... Well, I wrote it down. My first two notes. I feel like this is key. Uh, it reminded me a lot immediately of a movie that you and I watched last year. Which one? The Bad Batch. Oh, I think it was a couple years ago. Two years ago. Um, is that a horror movie? Uh, no. Okay. I'm going to just declare it that it's not. But also, similarly, it has horror elements. Um, and the director's first film, uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, is a horror movie. Very much a horror movie. Uh, the Bad Batch is just... These are similar uh, in that they both have very desert um, set set pieces. I also think, to, to your point, it's also the way that they're shot. I don't know. There's something about this desert that feels so... Yes. I don't know. It's very orange. It's very orange. It's very Mad Maxian. Um, yes. And also just starting off with this kind of like female character that more so in Revenge than The Bad Batch. I don't remember how we meet her in The Bad Batch, but kind of like cutesy blonde, but like we will find out soon enough kicks serious ass. The second thing is that she is having sex with someone in the very beginning of the movie and we see his dick like immediately. That is congratulations. My first note on this movie is <laughs> dick out in the first couple minutes. I love to see dick. Yeah. <laughs> and and while we see her undressed later, the first few minutes of the movie are like his dick is out and we don't see her breasts at all. No. And I that that changes again later for I think genuinely for like kind of plot reasons. Yeah. Um but it immediately felt like not uh what is the word I can never think of? Exploitative? Exploitative of her body and I immediately was like female director, female director. Yeah. So that was my sort of tell right away that no matter else no matter what else happened we were going to be in this kind of place of respect of this character and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I I agree that this movie has a lot of respect for the character. I agree that it's it has some sequences that are a pretty tough watch, but it's sure. not the sexual violence. I mean, it's it's a tough watch. Oh, that's that's still a it, tough. It, it's watch. a tough watch for, but not in the ways that any other rape revenge movie I've seen does. It's not because it is happening almost entirely off screen. It is happening, it, and we yeah. hear it, but it is not. It is not even a movie that I have gone to bat for many times on this podcast, which is Wes Craven's Last House on the Left. Mm -hmm. It is the, that that is much more gratuitous in what it's depicting of sexual violence, right. or a movie like we talked about this year, The Nightingale, um, or The Nightingale, very gratuitous. Even if we can have disagreements about, like, I mean, we don't, but we could with people yes. on the internet who hate that movie. Um, disagreements about whether or not that was earned or necessary, like that's fucking. Horrible it's, and intense. It's intense. This is less so. It's, I also think it's pretty quick. It, just, it really does not draw it out. It draws it out specifically only to further incriminate the other guy. We'll get we'll get there. We'll get in there. A we'll second. get there in a yeah. minute. I think that's why it takes so long is because it has to have. It's a two step. Uh, God, what is the word? Um, betrayal. I'll say yes. Yeah, let's, let's... Uh, violation is the word I was looking for. Two-step violation process of these two different men. We'll get yes. there. So uh, this woman that we're talking about has a name. Her name is Jen. Jen. She is played by the Italian actress Matilda Lutz, who was also in the Ring sequel, Rings. Oh. Which never I think is like... Never saw it. It's like the Ring 4 or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
She's beautiful. She is dating slash sleeping with a man named Richard, who has a wife a and kid man. that is not her. <laughs> they are... It's a little tiny point of contention, but not, like, deeply. No. She's aware that she's the other woman and not... And not thrilled, but not enough to, like, stop her from doing anything. They're at a house that I'm guessing they're renting. Yeah. It, we don't really have an indication whether he owns it. I thought at first it was it. his, but I feel less confident about that as the movie goes yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, that is on a, I guess, a game reserve. Uh-huh. Like, or at least nearby one. That, that was also unclear. It's like, it is in the middle of this desert. But that's why he's there, is because he and his friends are going to shoot game uh, in this desert in the next few days. And he came a day early to, like, fuck her for yes. a little bit before his friends got there. Yes. Stan and Dimitri show up early compared to when she thought they would be there. When he thought they'd be there, too. Oh, he surprises, they surprise him, too? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. He, like, is not happy when they get there. Because mm. he's like, I thought I had a few, like, another 24 hours with my gal. They have a party. There's a brief mention of a hallucinogenic that's so intense that you just can't. Peyote. Is it peyote? It's peyote. Why is he, like, so weird about it? Um, well, They're like, the, it's too dangerous. You can't... Yeah, which is weird, because people do a peyote... I, I, as people sometimes have, like, watered-down peyote, people drink peyote tea, because it's, like, a lot of water. Whereas yeah. if you just eat peyote, the reference that he makes, which will come up later, is that he's like, I knew someone who did this and sawed their own leg off without feeling it. So yeah. it's, like, it's a deeply intense drug. So like, they get fucked up, but specifically not fucked up on the solution no, no 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 he actually they all want to do it and he gives it to her and is like keep this safe for me baby and she puts it in her locket um i think this scene was really key for me um in all in can, continuing to buy into this movie because i knew going into it that it was going to be rape revenge so yeah. i knew like something this movie's going to have some commentary on her and what i love about her is that She's very unabashedly sexy. Like, she knows that she's sexy and everybody... She knows that everybody's aware of it. Like, the first thing that happens is that she's wandering around the house in her underwear, like, with, like, a little tiny t-shirt on, and she sees Dimitri and Stan through the window, and they're, like, obviously ogling her. And she is embarrassed, but, like, not enough to kind of, like, run away or cover herself. Like, she's very unashamed. The A-list American, like, analog alliteration uh <laughs> that i came up with was like a jessica alba or an amber heard yeah, she, she looks, looks more like, like amber heard but like the, this kind of like i don't know if jessica alba is in horror i mean she's in the eye i don't know if she works anymore um but that kind of like completely self-assured hot girl yes in a movie who basically yes. acts like she's in a movie you know yes and she she's it's so funny too because we don't it's really unclear she's supposed to be american but she seems kind of un-american at times and she's wearing a shirt that says i love la and later talks about how she wants to be in la so badly yeah. because it is like the nexus of culture and so she just has that feel of like midwestern girl who wants to be instagram famous like don't you feel like that's her vibe well she loves attention midwestern is... girl with a strange european accent but yes well again in that's the, the confusing part is that's that the confusing part. i think she's supposed to be american on the wikipedia it says she's supposed to be american anyway she loves attention she loves being hot 
at one point she tries um, this is this is really important yeah to me. no she tries to get her boyfriend what's his name richard richard she tries to get richard to dance with her and he won't so then she goes to stan and like starts dancing him around and like shimmying up and down his body and then richard gets like jealous and tosses her over his shoulder and it's all so fun for her and i think this movie a different movie would be like, see, she's such a slut. And I think this movie, as much as it shows her having fun and doing all this, it never tries to posit any way that she's asking for any of this or deserves it. And I think that that is like, another thing that made me feel really good about this movie is that it, one, didn't try to act like it was punishing her rightly, and two, didn't try to make her some kind of saint before it happens. I think that those are two ways to go about this kind of movie is that like she doesn't do anything to egg them on in any way. And when he comes on to her, it's a complete surprise. Like it's not to us because yeah. we see how much Stan is buying into it when it's so obviously just a ploy to make Richard jealous Yes, and also just to have fun. But he feels led on in a way that feels very true to this kind of man absolutely oh i just i think that it was well done is my point i think yeah. that there's there are ways to do this badly and i think that having a character who other men might say that she was asking for it or leading or leading them on in some way and but I the just, movie doesn't the movie yeah. doesn't feel, i don't think the movie ever feels that way it's like she is doing nothing wrong they're all having fun it's absolutely no excuse for what is done to her later uh and i like that because I, I, I just don't think... I don't think a woman should have to be a saint to then get raped and want revenge, right? No, I think that... I think that... Um, I think that what you're identifying is correct. I don't know that I've ever seen, and I will not pretend to be an expert in this subgenre, I've never seen a rape-revenge movie where the movie feels like it's positive that she's asking for it, but it is usually the other thing you've identified, which is that, like, it's the... It's like the Fay Ray King Kong kind of like this this object this, of purity yes. and saint like saintlyhood yes. is like violated. That's I guess more what I think this movie could have been. Yeah. Is that like rape revenge films are rarely taking the sides of the rapists, right? Rarely, probably never. I guess um I, you know what? I don't know that this could happen, but I think a rape revenge movie could not take a moral stance. It could just be like this is what happened or this is a story. I think that Or do you feel like it can't? Do you want to like get into it? Not necessarily. Not yeah, I think to. that that's kind of like. I'm <laughs> not going to monologue about I love this. <laughs> Last House on the Left and <laughs> even though I'm egging you on to Ingmar Bergman's Virgin Spring for a long time, but I could just know mm -hmm. that I could. No, I think that um, rape revenge movies don't have to be about rape and revenge. They can be about society, yeah. and they could be about maybe I don't know Vietnam, uh, which is what Last <laughs> House on the Left is about. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so I think that the version of not taking a stand is it being allegorical. Sure. Um, but again, I don't think I've ever seen one that, like, I don't know that I would be aware of a movie that was so horrible that it got made and funded and released but blames the woman for getting raped. You have way more faith in the movie in movies no, than I do. No, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I promise I you it doesn't you, yeah, do. You but know, how would I know about it? You know it? Because how I where know about would it, it? It wouldn't be talked about in like horror-like circles. Uh, it is. It's what? in Men, Men, Women, and Chainsaws by Carol Churchill or whatever her name is. Men, Women, and Chainsaws is 
impossible for us to evaluate in 2020. Correct. Because we don't know what kind of things people were talking about in 1992 when she wrote that. Yes. She writes, there's the whole section two is about rape revenge movies, horror films. And you listed them when you were reading it. And I had not heard of almost any of them. Correct. And I think that's what I'm saying is I think that they don't, they don't exist anymore. They existed before. Yeah. Uh, they've where... gotten, they've gotten pushed out of the discourse because I think that. Yes. Again, there's it. some gross shit out there that there are sub circles of people who are into, but that I think horror fans in general are smarter than that now. Now. I really do. Yes, for sure. No, not always. But I think that now the things that people, that people rewatch, that they make into midnight movies that, I don't know, like places like Shudder curate and make into new classics. Stuff mm-hmm. like um, whatever that one we watched over Thanksgiving was. Like stuff like that that the keeps... The Wolf one. The moon. Wolf Bad, Bad moon. moon. Bad Moon, I think is what it's called. Stuff like that that like wasn't a hit, but like keeps getting brought back into conversations for yeah, people like us who love horror. Yeah. They've pushed those really nasty things yeah, aside, I think. Fair enough. I think this movie could have been the, like what I said, the latter one where it tries to make her too much of a... Yeah. A good, a, like a good, a good person who doesn't deserve it. Where, what I like about she is a that, good person who doesn't deserve no, it. No, no, no. That's why I used scare quotes. Um, the but audio, Jen, audio medium. So, well, sorry, I tried to use a voice also. Uh, Jen uh, is not a saint, and I like that about her. I don't know how to phrase it. I already said it. She just, she, yeah, she flirts. She does flirt. She flirts, and she likes being sexy, and she's not virginal. Yeah. It's been 18 minutes and we haven't gotten to... The, <laughs> we had uh, to, like, lay the ground. No, you're right. Like, uh, no, let, I'm just saying let's get into it. Yeah. So the next morning, Stan feels very lit on, corners her in the bedroom. Richard is gone. Richard, I don't know. He's he went to... Giving their passports yeah. to the games master. The games master. Which just... I don't understand at all. Why does he need their passports? None of this makes sense to me. I don't fucking hunt. Yeah. I don't want to. No. It's just Stan and Dimitri and Jen in the house. Stan rapes her against this, like, sliding glass window. Um, Dimitri comes in at one point. He was watching TV. He just wanders into the room. He hears them. Oh, is, he, he, is it because he hears He them? hears her, like, screaming. And he goes in to be like, what the fuck? Stands in the doorway. Stands like, I think we're all good here. And then he, he leaves. He says, either join in or leave. That's what he says. Fucked <laughs> He's up. Like, yeah, it's terrible. It, oh, it's awful. And I thought for a solid second that that's what was about to happen. But something more interesting happens, which is that Dimitri leaves. And the camera follows him. And he goes um, and The puts camera on, follows him in one long shot. He like puts on headphones. Yeah, like as he like leaves the room and walks outside and puts on mm-hmm. headphones and decides to not... He ends up passing by the glass window that Jen but is being raped against. But he's clearly very like But that's not it. the... This is what I was saying about like about how I felt like it was specifically not gratuitous is that it becomes about his perspective and it, again, yes. it is it is his culpability in completely just letting this happen. Yes. Uh... And that's the that's the perspective that the camera takes yes. again, as opposed to having a long, drawn out, brutal scene yeah. of Jen and Stan. Mm-hmm. Richard comes back. Jen's like, "I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Call the helicopter." It's a gr- that's the only way they can get out of this place too. Is yeah, they, there's they a, have helicopter. To get a helicopter. They can't drive away. There's no train. They have to get a helicopter to leave. Yeah, and it's really interesting because Richard comes in and Stan and Demetri are kind of just like sitting on the couch, looking very awkward, and Stan yeah. says like. Hey, uh, something went... He says, like, something went wrong with Jen, or, like, there's, like, a problem has arisen with Jen. Yeah. Like, very much washing his hands of it. And Richard goes in to talk to her, and she obviously is screaming and crying and, like, demands to be taken out of the helicopter. I don't remember why she runs away. First, he comes... He goes and talks to them. He comes back. He's like, here, I'm gonna give you some money. I found you a job in Canada. I'm gonna send you away to Canada. 
and we're just not going to talk about this anymore. And she's like, I, a- no, no, <laughs> what? I absolutely will <laughs> not do that. Weird, bizarre. Um, and she's like, make. okay, he's like, okay, okay, we don't do that. I'm just going to get you a helicopter and go and tell you to go home. Uh, Does she threaten to tell his wife? That's what she's, that's one of the things she's going to okay. do. I think she just runs away because she's scared. They end up. He slaps her. There's, there's, there, there, it's, it's an altercation. Yeah, I want to get past that. Okay, I think it's necessary. Okay, what do you, what do you have to say about it? I want to get to the no, revenge that part. That's why, the, yeah. Sure, but that's why she, I, I was curious why she runs. And I just remember that's why that's, he slaps her. And that's part of the, it, it is, it is an escalation of violence from that point forward. Because I think that's one of the reasons she runs away into the fucking desert. Well, they're together because he's going to call the anymore. helicopter. No, because then he's going to call the helicopter and when he catches her, he's like, okay, sure, yeah, I'll call she's the helicopter. on the edge of a cliff. He, call, he calls the helicopter. We don't know that he actually does. Okay, he fucking he talks to someone. He to talk to someone on the phone. And then he pushes her off a cliff and she's impaled on a stick. They a go off. Stick? A stick? Okay, stop trying to speed ahead because you just said she was impaled on a stick. It's a stick. No, it's not. It's a tree. It's not a tree. It is a tree. It's a small it tree. It is attached to the ground. Is she that what makes a tree? Yes. All right, it has roots in the ground. She doesn't fall onto a stick. She falls onto a like scrubby little tree. It's a scrubby little tree. Yeah, but that's what impales her. Can you imagine falling off a cliff onto a stick and it just happens to be sticking up straight in the air? One time I tripped down some stairs, like down the front um, porch of my house, onto a stick that was sticking up in the air. And, and, and you it Im- were impaled? And it impaled my knee, and I still have a scar from where it went into the flesh of my knee. So. How? Did it go all the way through? It didn't go. It didn't pierce exactly. Me. It goes all the way through. She is physically <sighs> impaled. You don't know what the word "impaled" means. I wasn't shish kebabs, but I have the scars she gets to prove it. Shish kebabs. Does this need to be the the Jaws boat scene where I pull out the scars <laughs> yes. from when I've been impaled by sticks? I love it. You were not impaled. It's fine. Uh, you were lightly stabbed. Uh, <laughs> uh, she gets impaled on a tree. He, he, like, pretends like he's going to, like, turn away. Like, oh, I called the helicopter. It's fine. She starts walking towards him, and then he just shoves her, and she goes off the cliff. And I was like, wait a second. What is this movie? Because she is f- so fully dead. Like, At she... one point, you thought when... Let's... We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to... So then they're just going to go... So then yeah. they're just going to go hunt. They're she like, wakes it's up. time to go hunt now. She wakes up. She ends up, like... We'll talk about the crazy way she gets off the stick. Yeah. But when she woke up, you turned to me and said, so she's a zombie now, right? I straight up thought she was dead. And when she when she's dead, there's like there's like probably five minutes where the, where the three of them are like, let's go hunt some fucking, I guess, lions now. Like, let's do this. Is that what they're hunting? I don't know. Who knows? They've there got... are no animals in this movie. We don't no, see... No, that's why they have to drive two hours to their gaming area. Yeah. But they have to... I guess there's just some point where they're like... I One, think they're on the reserve. Stan and Dimitri are I really do. horrified at this. They are like at the murder. Yes. Yeah. They're like, wait a second, too far. We were fine with the rape. And but... he says something. Richard says some stuff about how they're gonna pretend like everything is fine. And Stan is like, nope, that's bullshit. We're gonna get caught immediately. Um, they had these little conversations. Then we come back to her, and for a second I was like, so is this gonna be like her sister kills them or her friend? Yeah. Or is she a zombie? But no. It that stick, that stick out of the ground, I guess just missed all her vital organs. Yeah. And she, uh, she had when she left the house, she had her phone and headphones and a lighter, and she grabs the lighter. Well, she uses the headphones to get the lighter. To get the lighter, she like can get them a little bit, pulls the lighter towards her with the headphones, um, 
Sorry, she doesn't even have a phone. She has her iPod. It's an iPod mini. Yeah, if she had a phone, this would be a different... Different situation. Well, maybe. Uh, who knows if they have that service out there? They do. They, they talk have... to each other. They, they call each they other. They have walkie-talkies. Oh. They don't have phones. So she lights some little brush at the bottom of the tree mm-hmm. on fire. It burns the trunk of the tree enough that she can tip herself forward and break the stump... So yeah, she makes still, it, like, brittle and weak enough. Yeah, so she's still got the fucking, like, branch in and out of her body. And that's how she walks around for a little bit, for a while in this movie, is just with this branch fully in her Yeah, in her they body, go back. In her stomach. The men, I guess, on their way to hunting, they went back to the house, they got their stuff, they look over the cliff, and she's gone. And so they're like, oh, fuck. Now we, thought this, now we have to up. find her. Yeah. So by that point, it's it's night, and they're hunting her at night. They take a couple of vehicles. I think they have mm-hmm. two cars with they have, them. They have two. They have, they have a car, a little cart, and uh, a motorcycle. So they're taking that and looking in the desert for her. Mm-hmm. She runs into Dimitri first, because she's like, they're all kind of aimlessly wandering. She's trying to find a way out, and they're trying to find her. Yeah. They find Dimitri in this like. They. She finds Dimitri in, what would you call it? It's not a lake. Um, a pond? It's like the watering hole. <laughs> like, that's how yeah, I would describe it. I think it is. Like, genuinely. Like, whatever you picture in The Lion King, where they're all, like, drinking out of that. It's like, it's still. It's a water It's not hole. movement. It's not I'm moving. pretty sure that they're on the reserve. But... Yeah. Like a pond. It's It would be a pond if it wasn't in the desert. It feels, for some reason, it feels different in a desert. But, sure. Yeah. We keep calling this a desert. It's not a desert. It's... No, it's, um... What is it called? Like a... It's like the plains. Yeah. It's like the Badlands and the Lion King. <laughs> it's, this is just the Lion King, my friends. Uh, yeah. So she finds him. They squabble. Uh, and he has a knife that she gets a hold of. He has a gun that she gets her hands on first. And it's not loaded. Oh, fuck. Um... So then they have, like, an altercation, and then she gets the knife and stabs him in the eye. Both eyes. Both eyes. Mm-hmm. The first one seems like she's just flailing. Yeah, that's what I meant, was, like... Right. She gets him in the eye, and then she gets him in the other eye, seemingly more on purpose. Um, obviously very metaphorical there. Yeah. Extremely metaphorical. Mm-hmm. For his sin. Yes. that's It's very uh, seven of her. She ends up... Just getting the fuck away from that situation. And uh-huh. she goes and finds like a... Cave. Like it is a cave. The Cave of Wonders. She so takes the hallucinogen, which is in her locket. Yeah. It's a... It's <laughs> it's a great... I knew this peyote would come back. And it was... I think it was set up so perfectly that it was like, God, do you want to do this stuff? This guy sawed off his leg. And she's realizing that she's about to have to like do surgery on herself. Right, because again, this whole point, she's had oh, the she has tree. Dimitri's backpack too. That's where she gets a lot of this. Yes. this, this stuff. So she's like, when she there. kills him, she takes all of his stuff. All of his stuff. Um, she takes the peyote. She eats it. Almost throws it up at first because it's so revolting. It's just a root. Uh, this is why people make tea out of it. And she, forgive me for this, how graphic this is. She has to take the knife, open up the wound more on her stomach so that she can get the branch out. At this point, I want you to know that I wrote in all caps, blood is pouring out of her. What it's the fuck? Pour- and I was so mad at her because I was like, no, you've been so smart. Do not take this out of you. Now you're going to bleed to death. But what she has done, I guess she must have, she must do this before she pulls the branch out. But she takes 
a can of beer. Which was in the backpack. In the backpack. I was like, where'd you get the beer? The backpack. She drinks it. Love it. (laughs) She cuts it open and makes like a little, um, so that's flat. Mm -hmm. She like rolls up It's just a flat piece of like aluminum. Like, yeah, aluminum. Um, she impales it on a stick, uh, so that it has this kind of like a little flag, pulls the branch out of her stomach. (laughs) Heats up the aluminum. And presses it onto her stomach to cauterize the wound and her back, which we don't see, but we see later that she's also done to her back. Um, and the pain is so much that she passes out. She then has many peyote dreams Yeah. that continually freaked me out every time because she wakes up, she like realizes that she has stamped a eagle onto her stomach. Like a, it's like can. a beer can. Yeah. I don't think that's how beer cans work because no, I don't it, think this beer can had a embossed. Like, it was not embossed. It was yeah. just a picture. But hey, it's cool. Rule of cool. I, I loved it. I do want to say the dreams she has while she's on the peyote that night, I did not care for. I found them uh, very upsetting. Which one? All of them. Just the it's imagery. Just, it's, it's just, just very... isn't. Am I forgetting one? She just keeps waking up and finding him. Uh, I don't know. It's just gruesome. Because that's, that's this is what happens is that she wakes up, she finds the like that she's tattooed herself. She starts to walk out. And I think then there's bugs. Richard too. is right there. Yeah, there's maggots at some yeah. point. I don't remember. Bad. It happens. There's like literally three fake outs, and I started to feel like it was too much at the third one, because she keeps waking up. She keeps like getting up, going to leave the cave. Richard is there. He kills her. He blows. He remember he like explodes her head at one point. Yeah. Uh, and then she wakes up. None of that's real. Yeah, we should. So it's like it just keeps happening over and over again. Where she wakes up, leaves the cave. Richard's there. He does something violent to her. She wakes up again. It's just, and it was happening a little bit too much. And I was like, okay, can this peyote dream be over? It's time it to is. Be done. She wakes up. She sets off to enact her revenge. Mm-hmm. Now she is re- reinvigorated. The next uh-huh. part is my least favorite part of the movie, which is her getting revenge on Stan. It's the most boring scene. Um, she gets a rifle. I think was that Dimitri's rifle. Yes, that I assume he had ammunition in the backpack. Backpack. It's a long rifle. When I say a rifle, it's like one of the biggest guns I've ever it's fucking huge, seen. Yeah, like it is meant to like kill an elephant. Like Probably what they were doing. It is not like a machine gun. Like the like that's military. The way that usually these movies like there's just dudes who got like guns. Right. This is a big fucking gun. Yeah. She snipes Stan unsuccessfully, and then there's a car chase, and then I I found it all, it all proceeds just as rote as you think it would. There's like a foot chase, and then there's a car chase. And then they have to actually fight hand-to-hand because yeah. he sneaks up on her. I don't even remember how she actually kills him. I literally was not paying attention I didn't like it. I thought no. it was like too action-y and like very... Everything up, well, not everything. Most of the stuff up to this point worked for me, and everything after it, I think, is the movie's crowning achievement. So, uh-huh. really, this middle, which is unfortunate, honestly, and I think we should take a second to acknowledge it as a flaw, is because this is the man who raped her. And yes, but yeah, it es- her revenge it escalates. To her the- revenge is really unsatisfying on the man who raped her. Yes, and because she's, she's building to Richard, and emotionally, I, and I wondered emotionally she does fuck him up but like oh yeah but still i know i'm saying like as a viewer like yeah we want to see her enact revenge that is the that is the arc of this is that we are like happy to see her but i feel like it was that kind of classic thing of that she's she's doing more revenge on the person who tried to murder her 
Well, know? also, the person that she was dating, who, like, when sure. she went to, was like, no, I'm not going to help you. I'm going care. to try to kill you yeah, and protect just, my friends. It's just interesting that that's more of the betrayal. That's what that's what this movie is, like, kind of moving to, is that no, Richard if is it's the in ultimate escalation, betrayer. yeah, he's, yes. he has betrayed her worse. Um, she gets back to the house. Yeah. I wrote, ah, uh, how the turntables. <laughs> because I think there, there's, like, obviously this whole movie is about them hunting you know, like that's why they that's why they're all here, and then they're hunting her, and then she turns really over on them and starts hunting them. And so, so she, when he's back at the house, he is really scared of her. Let's talk about it. So it's it's she kills Stan and then is driving back to the house. Uh-huh. We then switch to Richard's POV, and we're gonna uh-huh. follow Richard's POV for a while. Mm-hmm. He gets back. I think he knows. See, this is the thing. At some point, I think Stan finds Dimitri's body in the water and calls Richard. Yes. So Richard knows that this has all gone haywire. For haywire. Him. Yeah. But he goes back to the house. He's going to take a shower. Yeah. Actually, I wrote, I wrote this down. It's one of my favorite notes I wrote um, is that Stan is like trying to tell Richard how bad it is that like Dimitri is dead and Richard like doesn't really care. Yeah. And these are his like two best friends. Yep. And he like kind of puts it off and Dim- and Stan gets really mad and I wrote down it's open season on Richard. <laughs> He's gonna have to race Jen to kill him because that's literally what it feels like yeah. for a second is that it's like okay now Richard has fucked up everything. Everybody wants to kill him. So he goes and gets in the shower. He takes a shower. He's washing off all this drama that he's had to deal with. Ugh, drama. There's a six-minute tracking shot that follows him. Get, he like, hears sound. At home, in yeah. the shower, going out. He, he hears something when he's showering. That's what makes yeah. him, like, stop, stop showering. Because he's still covered in blood. But it's an extremely good sequence. It's a long tracking shot, which I know there's been a lot of discourse from <clears throat> 1917 about, like, the athletic filmmaking and whether or not that constitutes good filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it works really well. It's so claustrophobic the way that it's following him. It's a very tight close up of the shower. Mm-hmm. And then as he moves through these hallways, the camera's following him. It's either just the over his shoulder or is just so in good. Front of him. The score is incredible. Yeah. And it you're like really tense. You want this guy to be like scared. So, but we want him to be scared, but we're scared as viewers because of the way that the film built yes. tension, because of the filmmaking and the score. I agree. And I, I will say I am not, I, one, don't ever notice tracking shots typically. I'm not typically the one who's yeah. like, oh my God, that's usually your bag. Um, and I don't particularly care for them. Like I've never really, all of the ones people could name, I'm always like, yeah, you know, it's good. The ones people can name? The ones people name. What are the ones people name? Goodfellas. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> There's other ones. Um, Your mom loves that one in The Passenger. The Passenger. Uh, I just don't really care. I've never cared. I don't dislike them, but I don't like them. This is one of the first ones I've ever seen where one, about four minutes in, would you say? I was like, has this all been one shot? Yeah. And we rewound we it rewound and we watched it. it because I realized how good it was and how smart it was that it was one shot. This is the perfect house for it. The way that the house is set up is so yep. great. Plus with the pool outside. Um, and two, exactly what you've said before that I think when it happens in a movie and I can't, and it just feels like showing off like yeah. athletic. It's just like, look how long I cannot cut it. AK 1917. Uh, it's like, why that's just, it's just posturing. This feels so tied to the tension of the movie. It is literally, this whole movie is about hunting and, and being prey yep. and predators. And tracking shots work so well if you want somebody to feel hunted. And it's the, it's that feeling of like, 
especially when it's tight on him, uh, if she could be around any corner. And that's why the tracking shot works so well, is if we're turning with him, right? Yep. Uh, we have no idea where she is, the same way that he doesn't know where she is. And I think it just, it just worked gorgeously. I loved it. And it ends... It cuts. With he's him. in the living room. He's, like, walked around. He's looking for her. He's in the yeah. living room. He turns to the window, and she's standing there pointing the gun at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shoots him. It's great. The rest of this movie is not one long shot, but it's a long sequence that... And I... I put as fine a point on this as I can fucking rules yeah it's, it's so bloodbath. good he's naked he's which naked. is worth mentioning because the male body on forum here like it, it being <laughs> and she has not she didn't shoot him in like a cute little you know revolver way she blew open his stomach yeah he is holding oh, the in gore his is organs with his hands and later saran wrap yeah like and he is just gushing blood over over the floor. This is one of those. But I think his nudity is also worth mentioning because of the way that this is the way that this is like turning tropes of this kind of thing on its head. Yes. And is like making I mean like he is objectified because he's quite hot. He's very hot. Uh and his body is being mutilated and violated. And I will I will I love the final girl covered in blood trope. Mm -hmm. She is also covered in blood by the end of this movie. Well yes. She doesn't escape that. But it's always fun to see it turned around of like he is he's just slathered in it. He is they're like tripping all over themselves and falling. Because again, like I was saying earlier, like this is one of those like very new modern houses. Everything's very slick and crisp and clean and they're just it there's just fucking blood everywhere all over this house. So just to describe this, there's this is a, a sequence where they're basically chasing each other around the same set of hallways. Yeah. It's like a circle hallway. It's basically a circle that they're chasing each other. Um, she's chasing him because she has the gun. He eventually gets ahead of her far enough that he's waiting for her. Yeah. So Which she, she knows. Which she notices. She figures it out. Because the blood, the blood is leaking. Blood is leaking. Oh, so she moment. circles back around this hallway to go get him, but he notices yeah. that he's doing this. And so it's, it's a chase sequence. Yeah in this one confined space and it still works so well. It goes on long enough that you'd think that it would get boring. It absolutely doesn't. It doesn't doesn't really because you're still so scared he's going to actually get her. And then he does. Yeah. And like, I think I had enough faith in this movie that I didn't think uh, he would kill her, but I didn't know how she was going to get out of it. And then it's just as simple as that. Like he is so wounded that she can just like, poke him in the wound and yeah well that's the thing is that she slips in the blood yes because he's bleeding everywhere yeah and it's that's what takes it down like this is a scary sequence it's so scary it really is because you are worried because he has a fucking shotgun too yeah um which why does he like what is he hunting with this shotgun like is he gonna get close enough to a lion to fucking whatever yeah um but no he is he's i think the last thing he says is something like really fucked up like um why do women always have to put up a fight? Yeah, or something, something like horrifying. Awful. And he's just one of those dudes where you're like, if he were to actually kill her in this moment, he is so rich, it would just all go away. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I mean, if he lived, I guess is the other side of this. Like he, his again, his stomach is blown open, but he is that that kind of guy where like he would suffer zero consequences. He would just have someone come clean up this house and he would take the copter and get out of there and everything would be fine. Yep. And it's like... So, which is why the stakes are so high that, like, she has to get him. She has to. She has otherwise to. otherwise nothing's going to change. And if she can get this man, something will. 
And even if it's as small as just that this evil person, and that's, that's what I think is great is that it's not only an indictment of just like this man who raped her yeah, or even just this man who betrayed her. It's an indictment of men like this who just think they can do whatever they want and then make it go away with money. Yep. And it's like, no, you can't, you will die in this house, <laughs> Richard. And he does. And he does. Do you have any other observations about this movie? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I wanted to talk about two things that you won't like. That's okay. Um, there's a, there's two really horrifying scenes with bugs. Uh, I don't necessarily need to talk about the second one, but it was still horrifying. I'll just say it. Uh, Stan pees on a spider so oh, hard he kills it. It's I forgot about so this. Awful. I forgot about this. It's so awful. It, and it's just, it's the cruelty. It's the needless, gross cruelty that this man has where and he's having fun with it it's after like so much has already happened where he is being hunted by her and still has this moment where he just wants to kill a spider uh and it's just awful it's just like disgusting the more interesting scene is it is the moment that she we realize that she's alive on the tree um it's a big 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 close-up on an ant um crawling around on this plane and blood from the tree that we, we later learn it's from the tree is just dropping onto this ant. And it's like a weird mini nature documentary of this ant trying to like escape to what to him is like this torrential downpour of blood from her. And it was just a really interesting um, little mini scene it's, again, so close up. And I think it might even be like a little slow-mo of the blood dropping onto the ant. You're just not commenting because you hate it. Yeah, I hated both of these and I yeah. actually repressed them. Uh, I think the ant one is great. It's fucked up. It's But both of them feel like they have a place in this movie, again, about like nature and prey and predator and hunting. And I just think it's all very tied together and I really liked it. Not for me. I'm sorry. Anything else? Um, oh, there is a really great little moment. Um, this movie can be funny as dark as it is. And one of the, my favorite moments is when, um, Dimitri and Jen are fighting in the water and Stan is in his car listening to, he's taken her iPod and is listening to her like cheesy bubblegum pop music. Ah. Uh. And he's like, he's like dancing along and listening to the song and he's really getting into it. And it's intercut with shots of Dimitri getting murdered. And it's just a great, funny little moment of, um, of great editing. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's good stuff. You have anything else to say? No. I like this movie I pretty much covered it. I liked it. It has a few flaws, but I liked it. I liked it in general. I would recommend if you've got the stomach for this kind of thing. Yeah. Which not everyone does. But if you nope. do, I think this is a good one. Would you like to pull up a roulette and find us something new? I would. All right. How about you pull up that real good roulette? Realgood.com. Our next movie will be... The Happy House. <laughs> what? You can't even get through it without saying it. Where is this? Uh, on Prime Video. The Happy House. It actually seems kind of interesting. It doesn't look great, but it doesn't look terrible. Aya Cash is in it. Oh, I love Aya Cash. I'm into it. I'm ready. Happy house. The happy house. All right. Until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming.
Be sure to leave us a like and review and all the wonderful things that you can do. And tell your friends that even though we don't post as consistently as we'd like to. We don't. (laughs) We're like every three weeks now. I know. Sometimes four. It's just like whenever we can. I would like to get back to regular schedule. I agree. We're working on it. (laughs) We're working on it. I just started another podcast, so now I'm I'm doing double time. Do you want to promote that? Sure. Um, and now for something completely different. <laughs> um, uh, Hannah Thomas, who was on the podcast for our 50th episode ages and ages ago, the spook. We're at 75 now, so we're almost halfway to yeah. another. Uh, what movie did she talk about? Her favorite movie is The Exorcist, which she did talk about on the podcast, but what, which, which of our, oh, uh, Reanimator. Oh, yes. She talked about Reanimator. Um, she and I met on the internet and have been talking about ships and fandom for almost our entire uh, friendship. And so we started a podcast called Get Your Ship Together that is about shipping and fandom. And we have a really good time recording it. We're like three or four episodes in now. Um, so if you are interested in that, along with horror, come hang out with us and uh, talk about shipping. It's great. You like it? I am a fan. You do. You endorse I endorse. I'm not the biggest fandom person, but I like right. the podcast. Yeah, so even it's if definitely you're not, entertaining. even if you're not a fandom person, just listen to me and Hannah shriek at each other for <laughs> hours on it. Hopefully, you know enough about Naruto and Lord of the Rings to follow along. <laughs> we don't talk a, a lot because I don't know anything about Naruto. So no, but people are going to jump into that first episode. <laughs> sure, and then yeah. Hannah's going to yell a about bit of Naruto. Cortana and Master Chief. <laughs> oh my God, you're freaking out about it. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to Wes Craven. And to Carol Clover, who, despite her many faults, did did elevate uh, rape revenge films to the world of academic discourse and got people actually thinking through these things rather than taking them as just stuff for the discard pile. Actually talking about and analyzing the ways in which these tropes are harmful and in which... I mean, I genuinely think that that's an important piece of... The intersection of horror cinema and academic criticism. It is. You're not wrong. <laughs> she did invent the phrase final girl. Like, we can't write her out of the narrative. I just We don't care. have to thank her every day. I'm thanking her now. I know. You're right, too. I, we can thank her for some things. Like today. Today. One day. One, one day, day of, of the year. year. We celebrate Carol Clover. And then we put her back in her little box where she belongs. All right. Until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.